You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the editor of Dunking With Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the fan-sided network. This episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't want or need, and can even negotiate better deals on those you want to keep. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Happy post-game podcast and another Timberwolves win. We're talking all about Wolves-Pelicans today. The Wolves beat the Pelicans on Monday by 14, and it's the Wolves' fourth win in a row. It's yet another team the Timberwolves were able to hold under 100 points and generally an impressive all-around performance from the Wolves, um, even if this wasn't their best jump shooting night. This was just a, another really strong performance that never really felt like the game was in doubt. Um, so we're going to break down the whole thing today. We're going to talk key takeaways. We're also going to talk individual studs and duds. That's all upcoming on the show here today. Thank you, first of all, for making Locked on Wolves your first listen each and every day. Remember, Locked on Wolves is free and available on all platforms. That includes YouTube now, as well as your favorite audio platform, whether that's Apple, Google, Spotify, or hopefully the all-new Odyssey app. You can also follow on Twitter at Locked on T-Wolves and at Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. So the Wolves coming into this game had won three straight. We talked on Monday's show about the things the Wolves had done best over the last three games. One was... Uh, improving their three-point shooting from the dismal levels it was early this season to really, really good over the last three games, pulling them from a week ago, not even a week ago, five days ago, the Timberwolves were 24th in the league in three-point shooting percentage. Coming into Monday against the Pels, the Timberwolves were 16th in the league in three-point shooting percentage because they were so hot shooting the ball from deep over the past three games. Well, that didn't happen in this game. The Wolves were not good from long range, and some of their best shooters had really off nights. We'll get into that more in a little bit here. Um, but the other two things that we talked about the Wolves improving, most, or I should say really one and a half of them came true. One was the defense. Uh, the Wolves held another opponent below 100 points, and if it wasn't for garbage time, they, they would have held them below 90 um, easily. And uh, I mean, just another really good defensive performance. We'll talk more about that. And then the big three performing, um, I would say they got one and a half good games out of the big three today. We'll get more into that as well. So um, not everything that I identified on Monday's show came to fruition in this one, but the defense, man, really, really solid. Um, So the Timberwolves actually trailed by one at the end of the first quarter. There was actually a lot more offense in the first. The Pelicans had a couple of, uh, the the Timberwolves had a couple sloppy defensive possessions late in the first quarter. But in the second, the Wolves broke out a little bit of his own defense. Chris Finch went to that. And the Timberwolves were just, throughout the game, the point of attack defense was phenomenal for the Wolves, regardless of if they were playing man or zone. And whether that's Patrick Beverly, Patrick Beverly is the best at it. Uh, But the Wolves also saw, I mean, uh, uh, D'Angelo Russell was a solid point of attack defender in this game. Anthony Edwards was active again in this game. He had a couple, actually three steals in this one. Um, And I mean, the the zone was so active that guys were rotating from one side of the floor to the other. Guys were contesting. They were Xing out. They were making sure to get a hand in the face of whoever was was shooting. The Timberwolves double team on Brandon Ingram really started. I mean, it was throughout the game. Certainly, as soon as he got the ball inside the arc, the Timberwolves were sending two. Um, and the Pelicans like to put him in the high post, kind of the elbow area. And the Timberwolves were sending a second defender basically every time he caught the ball. And Brandon Ingram had a terrible game. He shot two of 13, only had nine points in 37 minutes and turned it over six times to just four assists for Brandon Ingram. 
The Timberwolves did a phenomenal job. Ingram was basically the reason the Pelicans beat the Timberwolves a few weeks ago uh, in, in what was that, like the fourth game of the season, third game of the season. Uh, yeah, something like that. Um, and the Timberwolves just said, hey, we're not going to let Brandon Ingram beat us. You, somebody else is going to have to. And nobody else did. <laughs> um, nobody else. There are only two members of the starting lineup that that reached double figures in scoring. And uh, Willie Hernan Gomez off the bench got a double-double for them in just 22 minutes. But a lot of that production was when the game was basically well in hand anyway. Um, so the Timberwolves really shut down Brandon Ingram. And that started in earnest in the second quarter. Minnesota outscored the Pels by 17 in the second. They were up by uh, 16 at halftime. And at that point, they didn't really need to make many adjustments. The Pelicans never got closer than 14 the rest of the way. And the Wolves, really offensively, what Minnesota was doing was, it was really straightforward. They didn't do much exotic in this game, which has been one of my issues with them this season. But this read and react, the drive and kick stuff that Chris Finch likes to do, it's starting to work because these guys are just really, I think they're just more used to playing with one another. The Timberwolves players are, and and that's mattered quite a bit. The Wolves were able to hoist, uh, what? how many threes did they attempt in this one? 44 threes. They came into the game averaging 42.9 per game. So they're still easily going to be number one in the league in three-point attempts per game. Problem is they only made 10 of them, 22.7% shooting. We'll talk more about that here in a minute. Um, but the Wolves just did a lot of driving and kicking and bricking threes, but then grabbing offensive rebounds. And they were just active enough that they were able to make it work. And throughout the second half, they just kind of pulled away. Um, and built the lead back up. I think the highest it got was 26, maybe, or 25. Uh, and then the Pelicans, really, it was a 20-point game when garbage time started, and the Pelicans got it to within 14, but the game wasn't really that close. Uh, what I want to do next is I want to pull out three, uh, two to three of those key takeaways that I kind of briefly touched on and speak a little bit more about those uh, before we get into individual studs and duds. So we're going to do that next. First, though, let's talk about our friends at Shopify. In case you don't know, Shopify is a complete commerce platform that lets you start, grow, and manage a business. The subscription-based software allows anyone to set up an online store and sell their products. Shopify store owners can also sell in physical locations using Shopify POS, the point-of-sale app, and accompanying hardware. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business, so upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility, and Shopify helps you make your entrepreneurial dreams come true. I love how Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. Shopify powers over 1.7 million businesses from first sale to full scale reaching customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. It allows you to gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. Go to shopify.com slash NBA, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash NBA right now, shopify.com slash NBA. All right, let's talk key takeaways from this one. Um, so number one, I, I touched on this briefly a minute ago. This was a terrible shooting net for the Timberwolves. They were just 10 of 44 from outside the arc. That's 22.7%. Malik Beasley was one of seven, uh, was was one of the primary culprits. Also, D'Angelo Russell, one of 10 outside the arc, and overall, three of 16 so he was one of 10 outside the arc, two of six inside the arc, did get to the free throw line six times again and, and made four of them. Um, but I mean, if Malik Beasley and D'Angelo Russell combined to shoot two of 17 from three, 
I mean, the Wolves aren't going to win very many games where the, where that happens, where, where two of your best three-point shooters, Beasley and Russell, combined to shoot 217. And this was a game the Wolves won easily. Um, why did they win when just shooting under 23% from three, 40% from the field overall? Well, a couple of reasons. Um, first of all, offensive rebounding. The Timberwolves had 21 offensive rebounds in this game. They were plus six in the offensive glass over the Pelicans. And generally, they they rebounded well enough. They were a plus one. They they, were, they outrebounded the Pelicans by one total for the game. And I mentioned on the on the Monday show, the Pelicans are a really good rebounding team on both ends of the floor. And Minnesota more than held their own in this one. And we'll talk more about Jared Vanderbilt later, but he was the biggest reason for that. Um, secondarily, was the Timberwolves' defense and uh, the defense in... Well, actually, before we get to the defense, let's talk about uh, some of the offensive concepts that I mentioned a minute ago. Um the Wolves were just kind of taking turns shooting mostly open threes and driving and kicking and getting an offensive rebound and kicking it back out and driving and kicking and driving and kicking over and over. And at some point it, it was almost just like a, like a shooting gallery, except for they weren't making their shots. They were just, they had the opportunity to just keep shooting mostly open threes and they were just missing them. Um, but then when the Pelicans played up and they tried to pressure the ball, or when they closed out aggressively, the Timberwolves were attacking the closeout. They were attacking the ball pressure with straight line drives, trying to get to the basket and putting the Pelicans on their heels. And New Orleans was playing just kind of a straight up man uh, man defense. And they don't have that many plus defenders on their team. So the Timberwolves actually took advantage of of the man-to-man coverage and of the... Um, of the, uh, the, the ball pressure the Pelicans are trying to put on Minnesota. And Anthony Edwards wasn't super aggressive early, but Towns drove to the basket quite a bit. We saw Patrick Beverly get into the paint and try and create a little bit. Um, but attacking ball pressure and closeouts with straight line drives is something that the Timberwolves weren't doing a ton of earlier this season. And even though they did shoot 44 threes and, and what, exactly 44% of their shot attempts were threes in this game, 44 of their 100 shot attempts were three-pointers, um, they, they were still aggressive with dribble drives, and that was really good to see. My other key takeaway is defensively, the Timberwolves got 14 steals in this game, and they forced 21 turnovers. 14 steals, 21 turnovers. The steals leaders for Minnesota individually, Edwards and Beverly, each had three. Torian Prince and Jared Vanderbilt each had two steals apiece. And uh, the Pelicans turned it over 21 times. Six of those were Brandon Ingram. Um, and Minnesota's defense was swarming. And it wasn't simply half-court defense. It was transition defense. It was trying to be opportunistic in the backcourt, trying to steal away either an inbounds pass after a made basket or an outlet pass. There were multiple occasions where the Wolves stole outlet passes. And you have to be careful, obviously, gambling on those. But I think the Timberwolves felt comfortable enough doing that against the Pelicans um, that they they saw some pretty serious success uh, when it came to trying to steal outlet passes in the backcourt or pick the pocket of the ball handler. Um, again, Brandon Ingram, was swarmed first by Jared Vanderbilt at one point, Jaden McDaniels, the Timberwolves overall double team concept on Ingram was really successful. He shot two of 13, one of seven on threes, four assists, six turnovers and nine points for Brandon Ingram. Fantastic. The Pelicans as a team, if you thought the Wolves 23% was bad, the Pelicans were six of 32 from outside the arc. That's 18.8%. They're a little better inside the arc and a little better at the free throw line than the Wolves. But, um, I mean, six of 32 from, from deep is not going to get it done. Kyrie Lewis Jr. was one of seven, and Ingram was also one of seven uh, for the Pelicans. So um, all the way around, though, the defensive effort was outstanding. And it wasn't simply um, it wasn't simply ball pressure, but that was the biggest part of it. And it was also the rotation, whether that was in the zone or in man-to-man defense. The Timberwolves were doing such a good job of scrambling to cover. And, uh, I mean, there were multiple occasions where the Wolves— 
were scrambling so hard. It was almost like it was a double team. You know, two guys were going to, to the ball um, and it left open players for the Pelicans, but the Pelicans shot the ball poorly enough and the Wolves were scrambling hard enough on the back end on the weak side often, oftentimes that it didn't hurt the Wolves all that much. Um, this was just a really solid impressive defensive performance against a team that really isn't very good offensively right now without Zion Williamson. And we know that, but again, this is the sixth time in the last seven games that the Timberwolves have held their opponent under 100 points. And that's nothing to sneeze at. Um, I mean, that's, that's significant. We're going to be looking at a very likely a top 10 defense in terms of defensive rating, overall defensive efficiency. When we wake up on Tuesday morning, um, I bet if you go to basketball reference now, this team's at least number 10, if not number nine in defensive rating, uh, because you force your, your opponent to shoot under 20% from three and you create 21 turnovers, you get 14 steals. The Wolves also had nine block shots in this game. Um, which by the way, there, there were, uh, eight guys with one block shot, Patrick Beverly, I should say seven guys with one block shot. Patrick Beverly was the only one with more than one block shot in this game for the Wolves, but Minnesota was had nine blocks in the game too. Um, coming into this game, the Timberwolves were number four in the league in both blocks, blocks per game and steals per game. I don't think those numbers are going to change much either. This was just a really impressive, well-rounded performance. Despite, if the Wolves can win games while shooting 23% from three, they don't want to make a habit out of that, obviously, but if they're able to do it, then that's a luxury. And we're looking at a team that is starting to look overall more well-rounded. There's obviously a lot, a lot still to, uh, you know, they're still below 500, they're eight and nine, uh, but there's a lot to like about where this team's headed uh, here as we go through the next part of the schedule. Okay, next I want to look at individual studs and duds from the game. We'll close by just taking a peek ahead at the rest of the week as well. Um, so that's all upcoming. First though, let's talk about our title sponsors from today's show. And that of course is Truebill. Do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's a business scam out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 per year with Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need it them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Truebill has over 2 million users and helped them save over $100 million. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockdownNBA. Go right now. Truebill.com slash LockdownNBA could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash LockdownNBA. Let's also talk about rockauto.com. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com both at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could possibly need from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil to even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. All right, uh, let's talk individual studs and duds from this one. So 
pretty easy. Number one for me in this game is Jared Vanderbilt. 16 points, 11 rebounds. Uh, his typically efficient shooting night, 6 of 10. He doesn't shoot the ball outside of the paint generally anyway. Um, 6 of 10 from the field, 4 of 5 at the free throw line. He's starting to get to the free throw line more often as he's getting... Um, a, a few more opportunities on kind of lob passes from Patrick Beverly, uh, certainly second chance opportunities of his 11 rebounds. Seven of them were offensive rebounds. So 16 and 11, six of 10 shooting, four or five at the line, two steals and an assist for Jared Vanderbilt. Only one turnover in 25 minutes. I can't believe he only played 25 minutes. It felt like he was all over the court all the time. Uh, but then, I mean, not to be outdone. Well, we'll get to him in a second. Um, so Jared Vanderbilt is my number one stud for this game. I'm actually going to name four because I, I think that that's, I think that there deserves to be a, a, another shout out basically when Vanderbilt wasn't on the court and they did play some minutes together, but Jade McDaniels came off the bench and had 10 points, eight rebounds and 30 minutes of play four of seven shooting two of four outside the arc for McDaniels, one steal and one block in 30 minutes. Um, the two of them are such a fantastic combination. And I spent the offseason and the preseason talking about how I thought Vando should start next to Towns, McDaniel should come off the bench. The Wolves have gotten into doing that now the past several games, and it has paid dividends. Vanderbilt's rebounding ability, his length, his athleticism, and his low usage, uh, the the way, I mean, the fact that he's just a low usage player fits seamlessly next to Towns, whereas McDaniels can uh, come off the bench, guard either forward position, really guard three plus positions, and provides a little bit of a different element than Jared Vanderbilt. Certainly not as rugged, not quite as good of a rebounder, um, but is a similar defender. Uh, and and I think that staggering their minutes, playing them together a little bit, and then making sure one of them's on the court at all times is really important from a length and athleticism and, and defensive switchability perspective. Um, so those two guys both get studs for this game. Another stud for me is Carl Anthony Towns, 28 points, 10 rebounds, 10 of 21 shooting, only two of six outside the arc, but he was six of eight at the free throw line. 28 and 10, two assists, a steal, and a block for Cat. Um, didn't do a ton of damage in the post. He had a couple of buckets down there. Um, scored a little in the mid-range in this game. Really good on the offensive glass. Five offensive rebounds for him in this one. Um, it, it just played with a ton of energy, which isn't something we've... I mean, Towns generally does, but it felt like tonight, like Monday night, he was just generally a little bit more energetic, which was really good to see. Um, for me, my, my fourth stud is going to have to go to Anthony Edwards. And this this was a tough one between him and Patrick Beverly. I'm going to give it to Ant, though. 18 points, seven rebounds, three steals, an assist, and a block in 33 minutes. Six of 16 shooting, three of nine on three-point attempts, three of five at the line. He wasn't very aggressive early. And then late in the game, he got really aggressive from everywhere on the floor, really, especially outside the arc. He hit three threes in rapid succession, but also dribble drives into the paint was a little bit more aggressive. Um, but generally speaking... This was one of those games where Ant kind of let the game come to him, but he was still active on the glass. He was still part of the part of the offense in general. Um, and, you know, not an ultra-efficient night, not super gaudy numbers, but just a solid all-around performance from Ant. And the three steals were big. He was solid defensively. They weren't simply just gamble steals. Um, this was a good game from him. I'll shout out Pat Bev, too, although he's officially, he's not an official stud in my studs and duds for tonight. 10 points, four assists, four rebounds, three steals, and two blocks. Talk about activity. 10, four, four, three, and two for Patrick Beverly. Three of seven shooting. He hit one three-pointer on three tries and was just generally fantastic. Um, drew a charge, uh, you know, was his typical active self defensively and uh, was a lot of fun to watch. So Pat Bev deserves a shout out. Duds for this one. Um, Malik Beasley gets one. 
Unfortunately, again, seven points on three of 10 shooting, two assists, one rebound, and a steal. One of seven outside the arc for Bees in 22 minutes. My second one's going to be D'Angelo Russell. This one's a little tricky because I actually thought he generally played well. He just didn't make shots. I mean, he had eight assists to only one turnover and was good defensively. But you can't shoot one of 10 on threes and escape the dud category. 11 points on three of 16 shooting. That includes the one of 10 on three-point attempts. Four of six at the free throw line to try and salvage some semblance of efficiency. 11 points, eight assists, three rebounds, one block, and one turnover for D'Lo in 31 minutes. Um, all the way around, though, solid game. Nas Reed was good behind Carl Anthony Towns. Torian Prince had a nice stint in the first half. Uh, didn't play quite as much in this one. The Wolves, I think, they really liked the combination of McDaniels and Vanderbilt for stretches. And, and um, it late in the third quarter, it really, or really midway through the third quarter, it really seemed like Finch just kind of wanted to, 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 you know, really put this thing away with, with the starters and, and with the main rotation guys. So he could rest them late. And it took maybe a little bit longer, I think, than he was expecting. Um, so we didn't see quite as much garbage time as maybe we could have otherwise. Um, but overall, a, a nearly wire-to-wire -wire win. I know the Wolves were down one at the end of the first quarter, but they led for much of the first quarter. Um, fourth straight victory, six time in seven games, the opponents have scored under 100 points. And the Wolves' offense, despite the fact they could not shoot threes for the life of them or make threes for the life of them in this game, uh, the offense did enough to win, scored 110 points. The Wolves head back to Minneapolis. This was a weird one-game road trip. They have the Miami Heat on Wednesday night. Uh, at Target Center, and then they're back out on the road for a Friday-Saturday doubleheader at Charlotte Friday at Philadelphia on Saturday before Sunday's off, and then they come back home for a one-game homestand again against the Indiana Pacers next Monday. So Miami, Charlotte, Philadelphia, not a super easy stretch by any means. Uh, Miami, of course, is 11-6. and six. They've been a little bit up and down, but recently they've been more up than down. Um, and then we've got, uh, Miami followed by Charlotte, who's had a good season so far. And then of course, Philadelphia, who's, uh, Charlotte's 11 and eight as well. Um, so it's going to be a difficult next three games If the wolves could win one out of the next three. I think we'd feel okay with that. Uh, but stealing two out of three would be awesome as well. Um, and Hey, they're going to take a four game win streak into that game against the heat on Wednesday. So definitely anything's possible. All right. Uh, we'll, of course, be back for a show. Uh, we'll have a show Wednesday. There will be a post-game podcast either late Wednesday or sometime Thursday or Friday. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll definitely want to talk Wolves Heat. So be sure that you're following and subscribed to the show. Uh, thank you for making Locked on Wolves your first listen each and every day. Remember, the show is free and available on all platforms. That includes YouTube as well as Apple, Google, Spotify, and the all-new Odyssey app. You can also follow on Twitter at Locked on T-Wolves and at B-Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. All right, that's all I have for you today. Thanks for listening to the Lockdown Wolves podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Subscribe to the show on uh, any of the pl platforms I already mentioned. Um, and again, thank you for making it your first listen each and every day. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.